Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like this show, if you think we got going on, you got to give us that five-star review. And we talk judging in MMA, so you might as well read the criteria so you know what we're talking about. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Energy's up. The energy is up. I don't think anyone's ever been more jazzed to talk about scoring criteria in mixed martial arts. I am jacked. Why are you so jacked? Oh, my boy is back. Who's your boy? Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz? Who? Nick Diaz. I've heard of Nate Diaz. Does does he have like a like a cousin or something? I don't, this is I'm, his... I'm a newer MMA fan. I have I only started watching in the last five years or so. This is the brother of Nate Diaz. Oh, okay. the greatest fighter of all time. If you ask Nate, <laughs> if you ask Nate, is that right? I actually didn't know that. Nate says greatest fighter of all time. Nick Diaz. Okay. What does Ma- Nick say? Nick doesn't talk that much. No, he's not a big talker. And when he does, unfortunately, as we saw today, we're recording Wednesday, uh, it doesn't seem like he wants to be a part of any of this this week. Nick has never, ever enjoyed fighting. No, although when we, uh, and we're, you know, we're going to talk about this a little later, but when they're talking about uh, the fight, the lead up to the original Lawler-Diaz fight, Robbie Lawler, 17 years ago, Joe's just talking about how much he loves fighting. Joe Maybe Rog- he did then. He Joe, was a kid. Joe Rogan was saying that? Joe Rogan was saying that. Well... Joe Rogan makes it want to seem that way. I mean, fighting is what Nick Diaz is. Doesn't mean he has to like it. He was 20 at the time. Maybe was there was a time 20, where he yeah. really did just like fighting. I think he has. loves jujitsu. I don't think he cares for uh, the fighting. It's where his anger, but he got to get his anger out, but he's good at it. Yeah. Well, I hope that his head and his heart are into this one because I would not want to see a man who goes in there um, and, you know, ask a few days out, uh, hey, how about we make this 15 pounds heavier? Uh, and and all that stuff. I just don't want to see Nick Diaz go out there and look like a shell of himself. I don't think it's possible. I mean, I hope you're right. Not- I'm not. I'm not really a, a a big Diaz brothers guy. Like I'm. I'm not a hater. They're just. I. I don't get on board the same way you do. You know. They. They are what they are. I respect what they can do in the cage, and I respect the way that they've been able to stay true to themselves. Uh, in in that way, that's it's very commendable and rare. And rare. I mean, sometimes they're selling wolf tickets. No. Yep. Sometimes. No. Sometimes. Sometimes. But I think they're always who they are. I don't think there's something that they put out there that's inauthentic. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I mean, they are the reason this card does well. They are probably the most attractive part of this weekend's uh, UFC 266. Even though they are not even the co-main event, they are the tertiary bout. I mean, they're really just like a main card bout, but... It's a unique one, Dan. It is a five-round main card bout, non-title, non-main event, five-rounder. I, I it, this is called the Diaz special, I believe, right? I am well, yeah. They're the only, only two non-main events, technical main events. But I'm more <laughs> viewing this as the UFC 100 situation where Diaz Lawler is the main event. They just have two fights scheduled after it, so they. In case they go over, I think you mean UFC two hundred. When John, no, it was one hundred. When John Fitch had to fight after the main event. Well, that was different. That was just, so, that was just a post limb, basically. Yes, I mean, it was. It kind of was. That's kind of pretty much what I'm treating this I, as. They're just what, the make reason, sure they don't run out of time. The reason I suggested that you mean UFC two hundred was because the headliner that night technically was, or at least the the final bout of the evening was 
uh, Amanda Nunes challenging and then winning the women's bantamweight title from Misha Tate, even though we had, uh, among other things, Brock Lesnar was on the card, and he was obviously the biggest draw for this one. Yes, and a pretty boring fight. Nah, not a great fight, and also went down as a no contest, right? Uh, not if you bet on it. <laughs> and I did collect on that, so. I mean, good there for was, you, sir. Brock had no business being that big of a dog in that fight. No Mark Hunt hits hard. I didn't even Brock's remember the odds, beast. but yeah, I, I if I was to have bet on that fight, uh, I probably would have felt pretty good about doing was, it that way. He was a two-to-one dog. I mean, that's just easy money. That is goofy. Um... But this fight, I mean, how I know when we kind of we talked about this a couple months ago when it was really starting to get announced. You were very, uh, I didn't like I the opponent. You didn't like the opponent. I you didn't want kinda, it to be Robbie Lawler, like, even I, though it's a fight everybody else has been asking for for like eight years. I mean, we just or we, more. I just don't think they needed to do it again. Well, I, I guess get, from your perspective, I kind of get it because of you being obviously such a big Nick Diaz fan, the only thing he can do is you know lose ground in the sense that he would even up the series that between the two. Well, here's the thing. I don't, I mean, we know Nick Diaz isn't sticking around. He's not going to fight ever again after this. Most likely. What if he wins? If he wins and gets a, t- it has and to you be seem to think shot. that he's going to win, right? I mean, we'll get to the well, picks, yeah, but come yeah. on. I mean, he's not going to lose. So. <laughs> so obviously then he would qualify for the title shot. Immediate shot. And Usman would be so dumb to say no. I mean, he probably would. Right, you if can, that if that were to uh, come to pass, and then I mean we might get Nate versus Nick for the welterweight belt. Yeah, that that's definitely what's going to happen. And they're just gonna mean mug each other <laughs> all weekend. I I don't imagine this that, is actually yeah, going to happen. That's sir. not going to happen. No, no, no. They wouldn't. Do that. But yeah, in the UFC would be silly to not make it Diaz Usman. Of I mean, course, of course. And you, you're gonna give Jorge Masvidal back to back shots. I mean, obviously they don't really care who's really the contender, so. No, no, I, and I think Kamaru Usman would really want that fight too because obviously yeah. he, he's he understands the game, and I think he's done enough to prove that he is the best. So that if he was to take on a fight like this, uh, I especially because he his next fight is against Colby Covington. If he was to get through that, I think most people look at Colby Covington as probably the uh, biggest challenger as far as the challenge that he presents in the cage to Kamaru Usman, and if he beats him again. That's two times, obviously. Uh, no one can say he's not trying to fight the best. Yeah, well, well, Colby is... Do what he wants. Colby's given him the toughest test. I just think that they it's match just... up well. I'm look, they It's do no match secret up well. that I am not a fan of Colby Covington, and I have no problem being public about that. I am not a fan of what Colby Covington represents. Uh, anything that he brings to martial arts i think he all he does is bring disrespect to this sport uh and 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 i think he does it in a way that it's different than some other guys like like sometimes you know the diaz brothers they'll go in there and maybe they're being a little disrespectful to their opponent but i think they always respect the sport and i don't know that colby is necessarily that i think he just is out for himself and he doesn't care what he burns down i yeah i think colby takes the the chael stick to another level but he's terrible at and, it. He takes it to a, yeah. a terrible level. But, I mean, to a level like that's like, oh, you know, you're doing it wrong. You're making people hate you, but in, in the wrong way. He, he just looks like an amateur. So, he, it's stupid. But but to get back to the point. His fighting is good. I, I just think that if Usman wants, and let's say Nick does win this fight, he should get absolutely zero criticism for wanting to take this fight because people will want to watch it in theory he will have earned it because he came back and won and and really what are you going to do with nick diaz not put him in the title fight if he wins no it's it's, 
It's that's, money. It's almost criminal, even if he is skipping the line significantly. By a lot. And I don't like... I, I'm very much about the sport of MMA. I, I would prefer it's just... You know, you, I I would prefer it. It was like boxing sanctioning bodies where you actually have to like be the the challenger and that kind of thing. But also, there's times where you don't fight the mandatory. You know, you want that payday. Je- Kamara Usman's talked about he wants generational wealth, and that, I mean, usually you need about a quarter billion to hit that. I so, don't think he's going to get there, and I, that's but, nothing against him. But I don't see that kind of money being available to a mixed martial artist, uh, except this, for Conor McGregor. This fight he gets him closer. It'll be a big money fight. But anyway, let's let's kind of you know let's move the forward move a little forward here by moving way back for a past judgment, and we're gonna way way back. We're actually going to look at we've got two fights, but we figured just because we're talking about this fight, Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz too, let's look at the first round of Robbie Lawler Nick Diaz one, which was an entertaining round, and I think there's just a little bit of interest in in this fight, so we might as well kind of just revisit it, right? Just yeah, a little bit of well. talking about, a little bit of having fun, and and we can look at that round while we're at it, right? So, uh, Dan, as we do when we do pass judgment, why don't you set up how uh, we like to score these rounds? CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3D's damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, Diaz, Lawler, one, set it up. Yep, going all the way back to UFC 47. We're in double digits on this one. Uh, This was just a main card bout. There were eight fights on the card in total, two of which were prelims, six on the pay-per-view. And we're talking about pre-Ultimate Fighter days, so... This is and Dan swatting away a mosquito. Got it. Wow. Dan caught it in midair with his hand. I appreciate that. Uh, this was in the pre Ultimate Fighter days. So a little bit of a, you know, dark era. But this being on the uh, at Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas on April 2nd, 2004, the headliner Chuck Liddell beat Tito Ortiz in the first of their fights. Big grudge match. Tito and Chuck. What a falling mm-hmm. out. Yep, friends to enemies to, I don't know, what are they are? People who try to help make each other money, but don't. It that, didn't work out. That, that, that third one Get exploited by Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lawler coming to this one. Keep in mind, we were so long ago. Both of these guys, Lawler and Diaz, are basically just babies. I'm watching them. I'm like, they're so young. Lawler's 22, 8-1 record. Uh, he bounced back from his first career loss to get a decision over Chris Lytle. In the previous November before this one. Mm. Diaz, 20 years old, not quite 21 yet as he would be later in the year, was 8-2. and two. He'd won three straight coming in, the last two being over Jeremy Jackson, where he won their trilogy. A, a, a very interesting early career trilogy. Yeah. it's I mean, You don't see a whole lot of that, I don't think. It's, I mean, MMA has changed, obviously, over the years. It's a lot um, of fights for a 20-year-old. It, it is, it is, but, you know, it's Nick Diaz. He loves fighting. He hates fighting. <laughs> uh, the most recent of those wins over Jackson, by the way, was the previous September in his UFC debut. So we're talking about him and Lawler. It's only a second fight in the octagon. Um, and again, the octagon really wasn't what it would be eventually after the Ultimate Fighter changed everything a few months later. Uh, or actually, just about a year later. Judges for this one, we don't know. Not really sure. Don't have them available. 
Don't have the scorecards. You're not going to hear what happened in the first round as far as what the judges had. Um, I'm going to say Cecil Peoples might have been on it. I wasn't paying as close attention on the outside to try and like catch their faces and stuff. Some of them maybe I would recognize, but it's been so long that I'm you know maybe some of these people uh, are not active judges anymore that I'd even recognize. The referee from this one, though, we do recognize and we do know was Steve Mazzagatti. Mazzagatti. Who gets a lot of hate in the community. Yeah, he does. That it is what it is. We don't see his name much anymore. So, Dan, round one. Like I said, we don't know who how the judges had this one, but what happened here, and uh, then we can talk about our scores. Yeah, I uh, I shock myself sometimes with what comes out when I see it later. Diaz is doing some good taunting. That's That was my first sentence. Diaz is doing some good taunting, which is great. <laughs> and, 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 and independently of the fact that this was what you thought was a good note, for what happened yeah. in the round, which it kind of was to a degree, just not as far as, you know, effective offense and, and that kind of thing. But what I'm glad you brought that up because we have Joe Rogan sitting there being like, I did not expect this from yeah. Nick Diaz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear Lord. How to be naive. It was it, <laughs> we we just didn't really know what we were in for yet. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I early days Mm -hmm. but you know what things things really didn't change he was pretty much the same then as he was in his last fight with uh with anderson silva just no lying down in this one didn't lie down no uh he is winning most of the exchanges and he's he's stinging robbie pretty good a couple times he bust him twice in in probably what the first three minutes or so yeah robbie robbie's he got stung he and, and you can tell uh Laura, and, and Diaz is definitely like right in his face too, like, whole, like he typically I mean, is. T- I mean, yeah, but but right again, this face. definitely went against type that everybody was expecting for Lawler. He stands southpaw, it, but it's power hand forward. So he, he's that right when he's called they call it a hook or a short or a jab or whatever they're saying. I mean, it's still his power punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's hitting Robbie with them pretty good. Lawler has his moments in the round, but I, I think it's yeah, pretty, in the later half. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that Diaz won this round. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's an easy one. It's, it's funny the they were talking on the broadcast like, oh, this, this isn't going to be an easy one for the judges. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I think today it would be very easy. I think we'd figure that out pretty simply, but you never know. It, it had to do with that because Robbie had later success later in the round. Sure. And I forget the and, early parts. Yeah. Don't forget in 2004, it really mattered a lot more what you did at the end of the round. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it probably didn't to judges back then either, no. but that's what everybody seemed to think yes. and probably still think. <laughs> It doesn't matter. First minute, last minute, same. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, 10-9 Diaz. 10-9 Diaz. That's the way to go. Again, we don't know how the judges had it. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe. Say they had it 10-9 Diaz, but who knows? Uh, there's nobody to complain to uh, on this one. We don't know who they were. No clue. But obviously, the the next round is where we got that finish. Uh, Danny, want to just kind of talk through the end of the, the fight anyway? Yeah. Uh, Diaz pretty much continued pressure, uh, heavy pressure, throwing the one-twos a lot. And then he caught Robbie coming in with uh, wide arms, no defense, straight to the face, and uh, down he went. Down he went, and uh, there was a little bit of complaints, but uh, he'd already face-planted. Robbie Lawler <laughs> is is at the point where he's like, what, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, because he finally isn't not like stumbling around like a baby yeah. deer. Yeah. Uh, after, again, face-planting. <laughs> uh, but, like, look, I mean, first off, young kid, probably brash kid at this point in his career. Uh, who is mellowed especially, significantly now. Especially coming from that camp. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the military fighting systems at that point was, I was mean, that wasn't, yeah. If, if you read Matt Hughes' book, humble would not be a word, you know, to describe him. Uh, Matt Hughes, most definitely not. Not even, like, that whole camp, 
no, I, I kind of feel bad for Tim Sylvia reading after reading that book. I'm like, man, they, they were not nice to this guy. I never read the book, but I read uh, what's what is his name? He used to fight Sean McCorkle. Okay, Sean McCorkle was he was reading this book and he was posting, I think, on the UG. Okay, and he kind of gave some like summaries of what was going on in these chapters, and I was reading it over one day. I was like, my God, Matt Hughes did some awful, awful things that he just doesn't seem to care about he was like bragging about these yeah. things i'm like this guy's a sociopath peeing at the bar like at the bar that's not even <laughs> like what i'm talking about oh. like that's just like shenanigans <laughs> like he was talking i think i'm trying to remember off the top of my, it doesn't matter i mean you can go read the book and yeah. find it you can even find sean mccorkle's post they're still up there um <laughs> that was a wild book I'm, i should read that one i'm glad you did but uh yeah i mean that was that was the end of the fight and We've spent 17 years asking for uh, for round two. Yeah, if, but- if if you are, I, this is the first time I ever watched. If you are interested in more of the technical side, DC did a fantastic job on the ESPN detail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's right. If you, you, if you want, that. if you want a better breakdown than you know the basic stuff I gave for you. the technicals, yes, yeah. of course. I mean, we're talking. Don't listen to anything DC says about the judging. Yes, uh, don't do it. He doesn't mention judging at all in this, so you guys are safe. Don't listen to him on <laughs> judging. It's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> but what was funny to me, because I was, I actually had the chance to speak with Robbie Lawler earlier today. Uh, and as I was looking at it, I, I, was, I got curious how many times Robbie and Nick fought on the same card since then. Because, you know, Nick left for uh, some other promotions and, and Robbie Lawler left some of the other promotions for a little while. But they both ended up in Elite XC and Strike Force, And in that time, they were on... I want to say it was five. It might have been six cards together. And I, I want to say almost all of them, they were either one of them was in the main event. The other was in the co-main or vice versa. So they were they were kind of hanging around each other, but different weight classes. Robbie's fighting at middleweight at this point. Uh, Nick is still down at welterweight. And now it has switched where Nick is like, yo, man, you got to come up to middleweight a few days out from the fight. And Robbie's like, I'm kind of light here. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> What are you gonna do? And, yeah, what? And that's and honestly, that is Robbie's uh, attitude to all this. Is he's pretty much just like it is what it is. Uh, he's he said that it is what it is. It's not really something he's fighting too much. He, I'm sure, feels a certain way and is probably keeping it to himself. But it, it he is at least publicly just kind of saying the right things and moving on. And probably just waiting to punch his uh punch his face in as much as he can. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Nick. Is a little thick. Thick DS, would you call him? Thick DS. Thick DS. I, I, I like it. I oh man. Oh. <laughs> I just came up with something. <laughs> I hope I've started this trend by the time you hear this episode on Friday, because again, we're on Wednesday here. <laughs> thick thick Diaz. Diaz. I'm I'm getting that out there. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right probably right now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> But that is uh, that was it for that fight. Uh, you know, there's not really much more to say. It was a it was a one and a quarter round fight. We actually have more of a main course past judgment for you guys uh, involving Nick Diaz and uh, in this one, Dan. Before we even talk about it, I think I got to ask you what were your thoughts entering the fight with two of your favorites of all time, BJ Penn and Nick Diaz, when they Eight were going years to war? ago. Uh, ten years ago. Ten sir. years ago. Almost exactly ten years ago. We're about a month shy of it. I I remember uh, 100% I was rooting for BJ Penn. 100%? 100% I was So you were anti-209. I was not anti-299. That sounds like you were. I was pro-BJ Penn. Okay. Uh, I remember it was a very, very tough fight. I was like, come on. Why do you do this to me? Didn't you just want them to hug? I just didn't want them to fight. (laughs) That's the last thing you want. I didn't want them to fight. I mean, this this was a fight 
that was put together because Nick Diaz blew off Media Day, right? Yeah, actually, uh, and you know what? I might as well get into uh, the setup here, right? So yeah. this was uh, UFC 137. It was the headliner. Three-round headliner at this point. They weren't doing the five-rounders yet for non-titles. Uh, also at Mandalay Bay, October 29, 2011. As you said, this was supposed to be Diaz challenging George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre, or excuse me, GS, uh, Nick Diaz blows off his media appearance that he was supposed to make uh, on September 7th. So we're talking about eight weeks out of the fight still, very early, trying to build up the uh, the momentum of a big fight. It was a very anticipated fight at this point, right? So UFC took him out of that and said, no, nah, you didn't play ball, so we're going to take you out of this, which seemed like cutting off your nose to spite your face. It is what it was. Uh, Carlos Condit was taken up from his fight against BJ Penn. It was almost Condit BJ Penn. Kind of so wish that, we got that. Instead. So it would have been Condit against GSP. I would have been a, would have helped me tremendously, but the UFC did not have my interests at heart. And BJ Penn was supposed to uh, stay on this card as well because obviously his opponent was removed. He said he was offered a, a fight he cannot refuse and will still be fighting. It was announced to be, and I'm pulling all of this off of Wikipedia just to, the, the way the uh, drama sets up, but I, I, we can verify this. We know it's true. Um, it was going to be uh, BJ and Nick Diaz. And then ultimately we lost the GSP against Condit fight anyway because GSP hurt his knee. So nothing worked out as planned for this one, but we did end up with this fight. Actually really weird because now nowadays if that happened, it would have 100% been Diaz Condit interim belt. Oh yeah, most definitely. There's like, you wouldn't have a prayer of this not being a title fight of some right. sort. They would have created something. They could it could have been the BMF belt. They could have made anything up. It, would, it doesn't matter. It's still got to be. There needs to be a belt. <laughs> it's got to be a belt. Uh, <laughs> BJ at this point is 32 years old. Has a 16, seven and two record. So he hadn't quite fallen off as he did dramatically at the end. His, of his record career. doesn't he, doesn't reflect no, how awesome no. he was. Not now. Even then, sixteen, seven, and two is not indicative of this guy. This every fight he took was was hard, hard, hard guy he could fight. Um, he fought Leona Machida at open weight. Yeah. <laughs> Wild man, just absurd. Um, but he was coming off at this point a majority draw over John Fitch in February of that year, which was actually the last time he didn't lose a fight. Okay, yeah. Maybe we'll have to go. I mean, I don't want to watch that fight again. <laughs> You've suggested that fight. I for have this suggested. Before. I just don't want to watch. It I, I got bad, bad feeling. I understand. I understand. Uh, Diaz, twenty-eight years old here, so very much still in, in his his athletic prime. Twenty-five and seven at this point. He's, he's come a long way from that eight and two record he came into the mm -hmm. Lawler fight with. Uh, also, the non -con the no contest, which was the Gomi fight that he won by uh, Gogo Plata. Talked about that one yeah. on our one round special uh, event here. Uh, a few months back, ten fight winning streak coming into this one, all dating back. Uh, KJ Nunes was the last. Yeah, one, KJ right? Nunes. That's right. That it was. Uh, the that was the doctor stoppage. Doctor stoppage. Yeah, the, as the, as Conor McGregor likes to call it. Don't be scared, homie. Don't be scared, homie. This was uh, also his UFC return after three strike force welterweight title defenses. So this was kind of it was supposed to be him and GSP and sort of like a title unifier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's More right. Or this less. was his. This was his coming. Coming from Strike Force. Yep, yeah. absolutely. It was. It would have been uh, the lineal Strike Force champ against the lineal uh, UFC champion, and those titles ultimately got unified when D 
Diaz lost that fight to GSP. Sorry, it happened. I can't. I can't deny it. Yeah, it happened. I mean, supposedly there was a spy in Diaz camp. Yeah. Okay. About no the knee bar or something. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the most recent, uh, by the way, coming into this one for Nick was uh, that breathtaking one round war. Nick Diaz and Paul Semtex Daly six months earlier. Is there a better one round fight? I don't think most there people is. say no. That's insane. I honestly, I really need to go back and watch that fight again. I mean, I've watched it probably two or three times before, but it's been quite a while. People have been talking about it lately, and I just haven't gotten around to sitting down and being like, yeah, I've got five minutes, I'll kill. Yeah. <laughs> Which I should, <laughs> uh, they almost killed each other. Judges for this one, we're getting, we'll get over to our rounds now. I think we're beating around the bush too much. Adelaide Bird, Roy Silbert, and Tony Weeks, and the referee for this one is Josh Rosenthal. So then let's take it. Round one, what is happening here first? Now, this is a good round. Both guys are exchanging. I think Penn's landing a little bit better here. Uh, Penn decides to go for a takedown, get into a nice scramble, grabs the back. Doesn't really do much from there. He can't quite secure anything either. Yeah. I mean, he's still he's like he's kind of got it, but he's not really in in a good enough spot to like really attack and and keep the position. Yeah, and, and they scramble. Diaz black belt, BJ Penn black belt. Uh, BJ still ends up on top, but doesn't really do much from there. Diaz able to work his way to the to the to the feet again clinches for a little while and uh i think pen just landed the stronger combos it's competitive but i think it's a pen round 10-9 i say too i, I think it's definitely a pen round it's not like it's anything remotely close to any sort of 10-8 csj scoring or anything this is a, this is a 10-9 this is a very much a 10-9 but uh i think it's pretty clear who won the round yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um yeah, he had the effect of grappling. He had the effect of striking edge, probably you know closer than than that. But I think I think it was a good round. Yes, all three judges for this one also saw this for BJ Penn. So so far things are going uh, the way that you had hoped that night. It yes doesn't exactly continue that way. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> round two comes around, and what's happening here, sir? I thought this. Uh, I thought this was pretty clear for me. Uh, competitive for like two minutes, and then Diaz just starts unloading. Peppering yeah. against the body, the head. It to me, it felt like that one, big BJ Penn head. Yeah, it felt like a three-minute combo to me. I thought he was just pummeling him for the duration of when he started pummeling him. Oh, he landed like an absurd number of strikes in this round. Too. To me, I thought this was easy ten-seven. He has Penn hurt. Uh, once he connects that in that first one, that BJ is kind of oh wobbled. He, he didn't stop punching him. I, I I thought he hit all three Ds: damage, dominance, and duration. You know, I regret not going 10-7 in this one. I wrote down 10-8. I, I think I kind of want to change it. We'll, we'll proceed as if I gave it a 10-8 because that's, you know, let's say I was a judge. It's what I wrote down in the immediate aftermath of it. But I think this is one that I would kind of want back and be like, man, I, I would put down a 7 for this one. We can I amend it. I'll amend it. Yeah? Yeah. Is the, the, the system of appeals we could do that? Yes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> so this is much different than like an actual commission that Correct. would never appeal anything, especially yes. anything regarding judging, um, which... To some degree, I understand, but it, I, I have complaints about the entire appeals process as it works in most states because it seems like they're not really designed to do anything. Uh, decisions, it's a little different, but sometimes it's pretty clear what happens at the end of some of these weird uh, stoppages and things like that that we, come on, just use common sense. Colorado, I know, has actually done it, so I give props to a former guest of ours, Tony Cummings. Nice. But yeah, this one... For all the reasons you said, this is this is definitely a 10-7. It was so lopsided, and PJ takes so much damage here. He really took a beating. Yeah. It's almost like maybe you give him the round for surviving, because no. that was very impressive. No. 
No, definitely not. I mean, that was probably my thoughts back then. That was probably your thoughts back that then. Was, and, pro- yeah. and and still, because you do love uh, BJ Penn, something fierce. I do love BJ Penn. Despite, the, despite all the flaws. It actually hurt. I remembered it. The post-fight interview hurt me. <laughs> Is that right? Like I, I was reliving it earlier. It's like, oh boy. Is that what happened to your heart? That could have been. That could have been it. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, so we both have ten seven because I've I've now changed because of the uh, the system of appeals that's very expedient <laughs> and not bureaucratic. Uh, we both have Dan and I scores of nineteen seventeen in favor of Diaz. You don't see too many nineteen seventeens uh, even in our system. I don't think we. I don't, remember. I don't remember too many of them where someone dropped the first round but then got the ten seven next round. Yeah. Um, judges uh, actually working this one in the actual scoring system. Uh, Silbert and Bird had 10-9 for Diaz, so they've got it tied at 19. Tony Weeks was the one who pulled the trigger on the 10-8, and this is uh, pre-criteria clarifications uh, in 2016, so even more rare back then, uh, these 10-8s. But, and especially so from Tony Weeks, we just don't see a ton of 10-8 Tony Weeks rounds, but when when we were having this conversation earlier, Dan, before we Mm -hmm. were recording, and I said, I bet you never guess who gave the 10-8, and we finally did land on that it is, in fact, Tony Weeks. What did we say? Uh, boxing round. It's a boxing round. If, if we're going to get a 10-8 out of Tony Weeks, it's probably a heavy boxing round. Yeah. That's just kind of anecdotally, that's what it looks like. But even statistically speaking, Tony Weeks is one of the least likely to give a 10-8 when his peers do. Stench you with the 10-8s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that actually had, uh, again, on Tony Weeks' card, he has Nick up 19-18. Uh, at this point. So if BJ is able to come out and put together a decent round, he actually could get a draw on Tony Weeks card, but it wouldn't matter uh, because, well, actually he would, he would win by majority decision. Yeah. That's what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what happens in round three, sir? Uh, that doesn't happen. No, it I really mean, doesn't. BJ Penn's more urgent and he's doing much better than he did in round two. You, are you to say that he's not a punching bag? I am to say he is a punching bag that punches back. Oh, okay. I like those. Uh, actually, I don't. I'd prefer it not hit me. So I mean, Diaz wears damage. I mean, that's that's nothing new. So sure. I mean, his face is also not looking good. But BJ's pen, someone blows on him wrong, he's gonna get a bruise BJ, or a cut. Yeah, yeah. But Penn's face is purple. It, his it's different shades of different things. That's for sure. His eye is a, a disaster. Total wreck. And I mean, I think the damage difference here in this round is overwhelmingly in Diaz's favor. Ten eight. But not quite to the ten seven. No, because BJ was also. I thought he had enough offense. He was. He was still landing some good shots. I would agree too. I think the the disparity between the two is not quite the same uh, as far as output, especially. And you know the the strikes that BJ's throwing, they're not pitter patter. He's he's throwing with intentions. Mm-hmm. He's landing with some intentions. He's you know for better or worse, he's marking up Diaz, like we said. But yeah, it, it's still very heavily Diaz in terms of the effective striking. So yeah, I, I went with you. I also had a ten eight for Diaz. Yeah, that I think that's that's the right score. And that puts uh both our final scores at what, 29-25? 29-25. Yeah, cuz I, I my math says differently because I had the different score that again, uh we skipped <laughs> the red tape and we we got it all the way out. So, uh, 10, no seven, red round tape. Two. No red tape. That's what we do here on the Couchside Judges. Uh the judges actual scores for this one, everyone had a 10-9 for Diaz. Nobody flirted with the 10-8 or if they did, they didn't put it down. So the final scores are from Adelaide Bird and Roy Silbert. We have 29-28 for Diaz. Tony Weeks has a 29-27 for Diaz. And, you know, 
we we stuck around. We watched the uh, the post fight interviews on this one on UFC Fight Pass. They most definitely uh, edited out a significant chunk of whatever Nick Diaz was saying. I don't remember what it was at that point, but there's there's kind of an unnatural skip for, to from whatever Nick was saying to Nick Diaz, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, at one point, Joe Rogan asks a question, and you just hear one beep, and Joe sk- is, is cut right to the next question. Yep. Yeah, they they like oh we got to get that out. Who knows what he said? <laughs> uh, but the, the even more sad though, at least for me, uh, even depending on whatever you think of the BJ Penn at this point in time with all the stuff outside the cage. But regardless, you just watch this guy in the cage who's just been beaten to heck, and he quits in the cage afterward. He says, "I'm done. I can't I can't go home to my daughter like this anymore." And I think what's probably worse for me is I'm sitting here and I know what he does. He does come back way too many times takes so many beatings and just doesn't look at all like the bj pen we knew i mean i think i do think he knocked out matt hughes after this in the trip no that was before oh, this was before yeah that was oh. his last win that was oh, before okay. the uh, bj uh, the... did you say this before the fitch no i didn't mention that oh, okay. actually no Th- this happened that was at november 2010 that was on the oh, same okay. card as the uh the machita rampage decision that we talked about yeah. a while back on our show mm-hmm. Uh, so that was November 2010, and I want to say it's the co-main event. Yeah, he knocked out Matt Hughes in 20 seconds, but that was his last win, and that came before the draw. I, if I'm not mistaken, this Diaz versus uh, versus BJ fight was supposed to be a number one contenders fight, most likely. I and and there. realistically, that's what kind of what happened because it ended up being a uh, interim title fight next for Nick Diaz. He got the win off of this one, and he fought against Carlos Condit. In a fight that we did on the show, but I really think we need to go back for. Yeah, one, two, five. It was very, very early in our uh, doing this show. I think we had probably a, a flawed interpretation of how the criteria was to be applied and, and the way that we would then modify it slightly for our couchside judges scoring system. So I think it's wor- it merits probably anything that we did, uh, I would say, even before the summer last year. I think it's worth going back for one day. Yeah, we can go back. I mean, for the next DS fight. Yeah, why not? Ten years from now. <laughs> yes, ten years. Oh my God! Please don't come back at thirty-eight. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Excuse me. He's already <laughs> at thirty-eight. But don't come back at forty-eight. Uh, don't do that. Uh, let's move on though. Let's let's look ahead to now. We're moving forward here. We're gonna look at two sixty-six this Saturday, Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. We got two title fights. We already said that more or less the main attraction is the Lawler Diaz fight for a lot of people. Um, but the headliner for this one is the male title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champion, against Brian Ortega. This fight was supposed to happen in the spring, back in March. Volkanovsky got COVID. It opened the door for them to coach on tough. They went from guys who had no problem with each other to guys who now have legitimate beef with each other. On embedded, on embedded, they called it minor grievances or something minor grievances Mi- minor minor they very minor in nature they said okay well i spoke so. to volkanovsky the other day and yeah he pretty much said he doesn't like uh ortega anymore and he, he doesn't oh, yeah. mind punching him in the face now <laughs> i yeah he's okay. maybe it's minor but like he doesn't like the guy anymore before he was fine with him now he does not like him a little oh okay minor animosity that was that was minor animosity used. that was that was used by Ortega okay, I, I won't okay. say Volkanovski said it. no Ortega I think it's I feel like Volkanovski so. dislikes him even more okay than Ortega Pro- Ortega probably just doesn't care as much I mean he was he was talking at the uh, at the media day today he was saying oh my girlfriend had to talk me out of going to the club this week Ortega yeah because he went to the club the week he uh, he lost to Max Holloway too 
club life. How does that make you feel in terms of the confidence in this man to be able to upset the champion? Now I'm like, oh man, I gotta rethink my pick. Here. What was your pick? It was Ortega. I don't know what my pick was. Okay, but well, now I think now I'm, you're thinking you're more leaning towards I'm Volkanovski. I'm more leaning towards Volkanovski. And Volkanovski, he's he really is looking for a finish here. I think he's been talking about mm. round three is what he would like to do. I don't see him finishing. I mean, I don't necessarily uh, either. This is you know, the man can say what he wants. I mean, he's not Mystic Mac, and Mystic Mac doesn't know what he's talking about either. So. I'll say this. I'll say Volkanovski made a good point. He said everyone has a puncher's chance, but if Ortega thinks he's going to outfight me. There's no shot, and I kind of agree on that. Yeah, he was he was giving me that line, so, too. I think that's a stock one he's got. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go Volkanovski decision. I feel good about Volkanovski decision. Yeah. Volkan- <laughs> that was, that was a mouthful. You know what? That was amazing. I want to try that again. We'll, we'll leave that. Sometimes we cut that stuff. We'll leave that anyway. I feel good about a Volkanovski decision. All right, we're on the same page. I did now. it. I nailed it. There Great we job. go. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't see Brian Ortega coming in there. And being able to do what he needs to do against Volkanovski. I think Volkanovski is very good tactically from a game plan standpoint and all that stuff. I think he's going to be just fine. He'll come in, decision, move on. But if Ortega can hit a flying triangle, I'll be going crazy. Look, I mean, everybody would go pretty crazy if they saw a flying triangle win in in a title fight. That might almost make SportsCenter. Yeah, SportsCenter. Oh, my God. I, don't, I haven't watched Sports Center in a very long time. Other than when I need to for like work, just to find out what the score was. I get something. so annoyed because sometimes the fights do make the top ten. It's like a crazy submission, and it's like number eight, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? This is the most difficult thing on anything you just did on this list." I couldn't even tell you if ESPN like, still does the da na da na na. They do. All right, good. They better. <laughs> um, if they do it on ESPN broadcast, I'm not paying attention for UFC. I'm not paying attention. Uh, <laughs> Man, I loved Sports Center when I was a kid. Man, I watched it all the time. Mid nineties, I was uh, every every day before school. I was watching. Now, I mean, I'd watch whatever. Saturday morning. I'd watch nine a.m., the ten a.m., the eleven a.m. Like it just reran. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I was I was on every morning before school. It was just you know we only had time to watch one before school. My kids watch uh, other shows before school. Mm. They're not really. I mean, they I think they like sports as an idea, but they don't actually like sports. In like, I want to sit down and watch sports. Mm. But they're also young. I didn't like sports then either. And look at me now. Other title fight for this one, moving back onto this sport here, Valentina Shevchenko, the <sighs> bulletproof bullet here at uh, women's flyweight division here, putting her title up for grabs against Lauren Murphy. Does Lauren Murphy have a chance? I want to say yes so bad. Does she have like a puncher's chance? Or is she really just hoping for Valentina oh. Shevchenko to like just show up and have like just the worst night of her life? I mean, bullet is so good everywhere. Yeah. Valentina TKO. Yeah, I'm going to say Valentina... I'm gonna say Valentina KO, like a like a hard KO. Okay. I I think there's gonna be some All sort right. of spectacularness to this. I will say round two. I don't think it's because Lauren Murphy is not tough enough, but I think she's just gonna get caught because Shevchenko can do that. Although realistically, a lot of Shevchenko fights just go the distance too. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I I would say if it doesn't happen something like early, it's probably just gonna go five rounds and it's gonna be maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing fight. Okay. But certainly a, a certifiably dominant one, I think. No matter what we get, Sheptango is going to assert herself as the top 125-pound woman in the world, as if there was any doubt. Dan, we're at your fight here. Lawler, Diaz, too. 185 pounds, because Nick said, nah, a few days out, I don't want to do that. Let's change it. All right. Got to make it What do you think? What are you thinking here? All right. And you know what? Before you give your pick, I'm going to let you make your pick that you want to make, and then yeah. I want to hear the pick that you actually think will happen. Okay. What's your pick that you want to make? Oh, Nick Diaz. By? Submission. What? 
kind. Armbar. Uh, armbar. Armbar. Not. Oh no, that I want to make a omoplata. Yes, yes. This oh. is this is this is the one where you expect it to be, okay. or not expect it to be, but the one that you're going to say anyway. Nick Diaz omoplata. Okay, and then you think he's going to win by by armbar. And I think he will actually win by armbar. Which round? Three. Okay. Round three. I got Robbie Lawler. Bye. Decision. Smart man, because I would have fought you hard if you thought <laughs> he's going to finish him. I mean, no. it could certainly be TKO due to cut. You going to tell me that oh, can't my, happen? No, not You going to tell me that can't that, happen? That can't happen in Vegas. New York, maybe. Vegas will never do what that. What his eyebrows falling off? Nick Diaz doesn't care about his eyebrows. No, he doesn't care, but maybe the doctor will. Never happened. <laughs> I, I, I will... Bet big money that no shot. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't think so either. But yeah, I do. I will pick Robbie Lawler decision here. I just, I, I get bad vibes about Nick on this one. I just do. I, nothing about it feels right. It's a fight I, I, I can't help but want to watch. It's a fight that should have happened years ago, and I guess we're getting it now. But yeah, I, the circumstances around surrounding this just everything seems wrong for Nick, and yeah, I just hope everything goes okay. Gonna be good. Look, he's not gonna be defenseless. The the man is not a defenseless guy. But but either way, just just hope everything goes all right. Judges for this one, this being Nevada, oftentimes we don't know who's going to be in the title fights up until going on, you know, right until that night. Sometimes I find out a little bit before or during the event. But Sean Alshati from MMA Fighting was able to confirm with uh, Nevada's commission. The title fight assignments we have in the main event, the featherweight title fight for Volkanovski and Ortega, is Mike Bell, Sal D'Amato, and Junichiro Camillo. And I have to say, that is the dream team. That is the team who ought to be in the title fight. It's a good main squad. Event. That's, that's what it ought to be. And that's no slight to anybody else. This, this is where I'm at. I think they're the best. Solid squad there. And the co-main event, the other title fight between Shevchenko and Murphy, we have Dave Hagen, Eric Colon. And Chris Lee, another good team there. A bit shocking, Sal isn't doing both title fights. I'm not shocked. No, I, I'm really not shocked. And I do think, you think it's because there's a third five round fight that he's probably doing two of the three? I mean, it could be, but I I just think that in Las Vegas we do have enough very very good judges out there that I think this speaks to the confidence that uh, Bob Bennett and uh, Jeff Mullen have in the officials right. that they get here. Uh, Dave Hagan, you know, he's a local guy and they like to use, I think the local guys when they can in title fights here and there. Camillo obviously is, I think he, Camillo is, I think the A, uh, local judge in my opinion, uh, for Nevada. Whereas Dave Hagan, yeah, I mean, he's probably the B, depends, you know, how you feel about Tony Weeks and and Adelaide Bird. A lot of people don't feel good about Adelaide Bird, it is what it is. Uh, but I think, uh, this is, this is perfectly good, uh, assignments here. I like to see it. Eric Colon deserves assignments. I'm sure... We might have been able to see other f- officials in this one too, but you know, certain certain officials from other states they don't always come in on consecutive weeks. Like Ron McCarthy, he worked last week. Typically, you don't see him work consecutive weeks mm-hmm. anywhere. Gotta take time off. Mm-hmm. And of course, we'll have other judges for this one as well. But I'm not sure who they were. Not sure who they are. We'll find out who's going to be on the uh, Lola Diaz fight. Uh, I guess that day, right? Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Unless we, uh, unless someone found out who that was, you know, Thursday or early Friday before the show gets up. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. What else interests you on this card? It's it's decent card. There's some good interesting Solid. fights on I mean, here. What, what else do you want to say? Good heavyweight bout, Rosenstruck and Blades. I feel like that could be good or it could be just awful. And I mean, no, that's it's kind of the standard line with heavyweight, but these ones in rounds. particular, I, I understand that, but I'm still, I don't know about this one. There's a lot of potential for, for ugly here. Okay, let me say that. I, I could see Blades winning vicious ground and pound. I could see Rosenstruck catching him and knocking him out. Or I can see... A blades light and pray for three rounds. Yeah, I could see all those, and I don't have a pick. I just I 
could see all that happening. That yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of good, good. Vibes. I got, I do have a question. I don't know if you. know What's anything. your question, sir? Is Dan Hooker and uh, Nazar Hakparas happening? <laughs> At this point, Wednesday night, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Dan Hooker, I believe, is supposed to be in the clear to be able to get into he the got country. His, yeah, I know Dan Hooker was clear for his visa. He's, he's trying to cut weight. As he's traveling, I don't know how that's going to work out. I hope see, if any fight should have been moved up 15 pounds, it should be this fight. <laughs> why? Why are we forcing two people with visa issues who have to like they don't know when they're coming in seven days before the fight or even if they are? Why are we forcing them to fight at 55? Put this one at 85. Go up 30. Pounds. I don't care. Just show up. <laughs> Open weight. I'm fine with whatever you show up with. Just just find a weight that you're both good with and say that's fine. Um, but yeah, Nasrat Hakparast, I believe, at this point, is still kind of in limbo as far as if he's going to yeah. be. Out. Dana's saying he's confident, but Dana says a lot of things. One thing he said last week, uh, before, like if just a few hours before the tickets went on sale for UFC 268 in New York, was that it wasn't entirely a done deal that they were going to be in New York. So I think he just says things to say things sometimes. Yes. Just because he has a question, and sometimes he feels like being coy, and sometimes he just, yeah, I'll give you an answer, whatever. And real quick, while we're on UFC 268, since now I want everyone to, I know you guys have been waiting for my answer, I will not be attending both events. The UFC price point has made that decision for I me. understand that. That is, a, that is a hefty price tag on that, sir. I expect I will be there. I need to put in my uh, credential request, but I, I presume that I will be there, barring some sort of office related need and that would really disappoint me because <laughs> <'cause laughs> yeah, i want to go i want to cover the thing <laughs> um but we'll we'll see i'm i'm pretty confident i'll be there we'll All see right. uh the other one i'm glad i'm glad you brought up uh hooker and hack press but the other one that i'm interested in and i think you probably are too is uh marlon marais and mirab Vili. this is a big fight it's it's an interesting one it's a big one for uh mira but yeah marais it, it's big for him in the sense that he's got to stop this free fall that he's been in because he he had just a a really interesting career up until the point where he just started couldn't win anymore. Yeah. Ever since that winning those first start or looking like he probably won uh some of those first few rounds against Henry Cejudo. I don't believe the scores actually entirely reflect that. I don't have them handy, but um after he lost that fight, it's like something something fizzled out in his brain. Yeah, in, I mean I, I I think I think he has it's it's a good matchup in that he probably won't get finished by Mirab. He's not typically so, a finisher. He does a lot of taking down, being on you, and then ultimately you get back up again and he does the same thing. Yeah. So I think that's good for him in that sense, but I'm stumbling in Marab. He's on the come up. I think the, I think the is is working on his hands too, so you might see a little more interest in that, but you can't play that game too much with Marais because there are a lot of ways he can hurt you. But yeah, yeah I, I think I would agree. I would pick the Vili, uh decision. Nice. And probably a 10-8 in there somewhere. Yep. And it wouldn't be a show if I didn't mention a Dawkins on here. Of course. Uh, another heavyweight battle. And I think this will actually be a good heavyweight fight. They're just going to smash each other in the face till one of them goes down. Dan, I never asked this on the show before, but I think in the interest of making sure everybody on the show, uh, who listens to the show understands, you are not related to the Dawkinses, right? They're, like, they're no, not your cousins. Not related. You're, well, not, I mean, you're I, not just like propping up people that you're related to. Do you have any sort I've, of sponsorship interest I've in them? I've probably been to the same amount of fights as family members. Because they fought a lot in our area. That's true. And I was at them, not specifically to see them, but they just happened to be on the card. Mm -hmm. So they feel like family? So they feel like family. Why don't you invite them over for dinner? I'll invite them on the show. We could do that. See if they want to come on. It'd yeah. be interesting. See what happens. I don't know what they have to offer in terms of judging. For all they're, I know, they're, they're kind experts. Of yeah, but they're finishers. They don't need to. Yes. <laughs> they don't need to judge. 
That one's it. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this very Diaz-centric show. We'll be back again on Monday, and we are working on having a guest join us to break down the rounds from UFC 266, so stick around for that one. 209. <laughs> 209, yeah. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.